Hi, welcome to another episode of Consider This. My name is Justin Ebert, and I'm one of the ministers here at Sunnybrook Christian Church. I have the honor and privilege of being in the studio today with Drew Henderson, who works in our student ministry, Zane Sutherland, who works in our kids' ministry, and Paul Weiss, who has worked in every ministry at Sunnybrook Christian Church for the last 30-plus years. Uh, we are talking about the world of sports in light of episode 99. This is a throwback to the great one, Wayne Gretzky, in honor of um, Jim, who is out and about for now. Um, one thing we do want you guys to be aware of is that we do believe that sports can be a good thing, that it can be done in a godly way, but there are some patterns that we're concerned about, and we're going to talk about both of those, the positives and the negatives. One other thing we want you to be aware of, um, coming up here in just a few weeks on September 30th, we're going to be doing a live Consider This podcast here at the church. And we'd love to hear from you. What are some questions you have or hard texts you want to hear from? Um, send those in to Steve. We're going to do that. We'll get you more information in the weeks to come. But we hope you enjoy this podcast, episode 99. Guys, welcome. It is good to see you. Zane wore his number 96 jersey in honor of episode 99. Thank you for that. Uh, do you know why this is a 96? Because in 1996, uh, Casey Sporting became a thing yep is that true wow. first, yeah the first wow. year of mls started that so, was a complete wow. guess sporting wow. kansas city started as the kansas city whiz the kansas city whiz kansas city whiz so this is their throwback jersey from this year see i know i don't even have to know anything about soccer and i already know about soccer that's how i thought we were talking about sports uh, oh that's true I'm so we're probably won't gonna leave this podcast talk about now. soccer or we're <laughs> Throw out to Casey Franklin and Tyler Franklin cross country, also not a sport. Mm. Not a sport. Cheerleading? Oh, yeah. Technically. Okay. Um, this is the 99th, right? So this, this is, is a Wayne Gretzky honorary We're going to talk Canadian about the thing. great one. Okay. Who, who else wore the number 99 on their jersey? Can you guys throw out any mm. other athletes who wore the number 99 under their jersey other than Gretzky? Uh, I... Well, if you call 99 being on the side of a car. <laughs> is NASCAR in my a sport? Opinion, the NASCAR driver, uh, Carl Edwards, he was number 99. Is is yes. NASCAR a sport? Huh? It is? Uh, yeah, it takes athletes to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Manny Ramirez. J.J. Watt. J.J. Oh. Watt. That one's for Ryan Vincent. Also, Aaron Judge. Aaron mm, Judge. That's, that's true. Uh, mm. Ronaldo wore 99. At, at one point. So there's another soccer fact for you, Zane. There you go. Mm -hmm, okay. Ronaldo Nehemiah, the runner, track star, <laughs> receiver for San Francisco 49ers. Again, track and cross country, they're out of it for me. But he was also a football receiver. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Okay, here's what I want to know for our listeners and for each other's benefit and edification. What sports did you play in high school or college? And what was maybe one memory you have, either good or bad or embarrassing? Ooh. We'll start with Zane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in high school and college, I played soccer, which I guess we've determined is not a sport. Nope. So, um, Please yep. tell Coach Conley that when you see him. Next yeah, time. I can't do that. I'd get fired. So, uh, yeah, I played, played soccer at Ozark Christian College. Um, really enjoyed it. I would say probably the highlight of my collegiate career was we made it to the national tournament down in Kissimmee, Florida um, my senior year and just had a blast rocking and rolling with a bunch of dudes. So 
uh, yeah, that's probably the highlight of my sporting career. Cool. Pretty short-lived. Cool, cool. <laughs> Four college athletes at the table. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't look at us and think. You know what? That looks like a bunch of ex-college athletes. But it's true. <laughs> Again, we're yeah. talking about an actual college. An athlete. <laughs> yes, that's another issue here. I was saying, there is yeah. a difference that's, between that's really Bible college and hey. there. There is a reason why there is an extra. It's not NCAA, NCCAA. <laughs> I think okay. we worked it out Huge one time. Difference there. It's like the equivalent of D seven. D seven. Yeah, D7. I didn't know that. Was uh, just one step under. I D3. feel worse now. That's good. <laughs> so that's hey, good. I wasn't gonna say it. So you guys said I didn't say it. It's glorified. I Men's said League. it. I said it. So Paul, what'd you play high school? I, I played college. a little football and basketball and baseball in high school. Um, have a lot of fun memories of, of those sports. I, I told a bunch of junior hires yesterday that I don't regret playing and I would do it again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I totally loved it. Um, probably one fun highlight was actually in high school. Um, I'm from the Denver area, and there was a school called Cherry Creek High School. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I know where it's going. <laughs> and uh, so that they were a team that seemed to dominate in all the sports, uh, but my senior year. Still do. We were at Cherry Creek and beat them in their house and uh, hit some clinch free throws at the end of the game to seal it, and not knowing that that was the first time that our high school had ever beat them. So that was, that was a cool. fun thing. Was there an NBA player that played there that um, you tell the story of? Um played for the Suns at one time. Yeah, yeah, Chambers. Yeah, Tom Chambers. Tom Chambers played there. I did not play against Tom Chambers. That okay. would have not have been fun. But, yep. um, but Did yeah. you play Regis Jesuit too? We did play Regis. They yeah. weren't, weren't as good. Okay, there. We played Mullen in Denver and a lot of the Denver sure. schools. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that was definitely a highlight. Probably a misnomer highlight would be uh, playing JV basketball at the same high school and turning around to shoot a jumper only to have uh, uh, a young man that was pretty tall uh, had at his armpit in front of my shot. <laughs> Instead of letting him block it, I just threw it out of bounds. I <laughs> said, yep, I'm not going to give him the benefit of a blocked shot. I'll just throw it away, and I'll take the turnover. I like that. I wish yeah. I could have seen that. Actually. That was pretty awesome. So I'm kind of proud of that one. Drew Godfrey Henderson. Got, give give it know, to us. I had a foray into a multiple of sports. You know, sports. Young. Whenever I was younger, um, played you know several different sports. Ended up topped out at my soccer career in sixth grade. I think is when that went through, <laughs> and uh, um, ended up for the most of my junior high and early high school. More did like individual type stuff. We joke about it, and it. But it is true. I did race BMX bikes. Flat BMX. I did. Um, uh, compete in BMX Flatland contests. Look them up on Vimeo. And YouTubes. Yeah, it's there um, in several different locations. Had a brief comeback um, several years back, which was really, really fun. Um, But yeah, that's what I did most of the time. Ended up picking up basketball toward the end of high school. Uh, Changed schools, moved, um, and uh, at that point was not at a... a, uh, time where I could really even play on the team but picked it up and played a lot and then ended up at Ozark Christian College and was recruited off the uh, intramural squad to uh, play <laughs> and uh, so yeah I did that for two years and learned a whole lot through that process but yeah what was your intramural basketball team name I can't remember <laughs> mm. what was yours because obviously you remember 
We yes. were on it together. Oh yeah. Do you remember? I now that you say that, I do. <laughs> uh, was it the Sling and Five Stones? Nope. We were the Lake Town Black Arrows. The Lake Town remember Black it Arrows. Was all the the Lord yes. of the Rings yes. teams. The Sling and Five Stones was a softball team I was on, where Austin Weiss on the last play of the season <laughs> slid into second base kind because of slid. because he hadn't slid that year and he really wanted to. Ended up messing up his knee, and it still bothers him to this day. Yes. <laughs> so that's I, a good I story. paid some bills for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I One of my favorite sports memories from my past was I usually tell people I played at OSU for a very, very small amount of time, but that's not my favorite memory. It's actually that the season before when I was playing at Oklahoma Christian University, I gave up the first home run to OSU because I was pitching <laughs> at Alley P. <laughs> And a guy hit a bomb over I right field. I was at that game. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. The play, <laughs> actually, the pitch before should have been the strike. Should have been strike Struck, three. Strike three, and nope. So you you lobbed oh, him no. one, and I, you jacked I know. it. I know it wasn't my best moment, but we will all remember that, unfortunately, forever. Um, more importantly, we live in a world that seems to be somewhat not dominated by sports, but sports is a very dominant part of our culture. Um, some of it can be good. We're not here to say all of it's bad, um, but there are there are consequences to having a life that revolves around something that can be really fun, like sports. So here's what I want to ask: Is it possible to follow Jesus and play competitive sports, or to be highly invested in sports? And if that is possible, which I think I know your answers, why does it seem so hard and so rare in today's day and age? Hmm. I think the obvious answer is yes, it's definitely okay to play sports. I think there are so many benefits from sports and uh, what can it do to, to, to help uh, learn what it means to, to play on a team and all the things that come with that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, it's like anything um, that sports is the one that we just kind of zero in on because it be- has become this magnified um, accent in in our culture especially in america that sports start at a young age kids when they learn to walk are learning how to throw a ball or hit a bat or you know hit hit a ball with a bat i guess not hit a bat uh or you know run around in a group and pretend to play soccer uh as a storm you know i mean all of those yeah. things i i just think it's like anything the the pressure to just continue and to become as good as you can be with something uh, then adds to putting a lot of time and attention to it. And then that's where you meddle into the other things become less important. And it's, it's, it's the common adage that when good things become the most important thing, then mm-hmm. it gets out of whack. Yeah. And, and that's probably where we would probably have a stance on that. Mm-hmm. So what are we seeing then specifically um, with you know, with our kids, with um, the families in our church. Um, I don't want to say, like, with the world. What's our problem with the world? Like, truly, what are, what about our families, um, either the four of us at our table, but also the families at Sunnybrook or in Stillwater? What are some patterns that we're seeing um, that maybe concern us mm. that, um, that relate to the world of sports? I, I think it... Um as things have progressed and changed, uh, I think especially in kids' sports and different things like this, and a lot for sure since since I was a kid growing up doing it. Um, and then I think has transitioned and, and changed quite a bit in the last five to ten years. Um, I think as 
um, sports are like Paul, you were saying, becoming serious earlier, committing to one, usually uh, sport earlier, depending on the environment where kids are growing up and different things like this. It seems like in maybe smaller areas, that's not quite um, pushed as much kind of the idea of specializing in one area and then how these different teams and leagues um, are working and e everyone uh, would love to say you know we we have a great we have 10 teams that we can all play each other and we're all in the same town and we never have to drive anywhere and mm -hmm. the the reality is that 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 really i think probably in in most places after middle elementary school, those those opportunities begin to die down. And so the options become less and less and less of things that are more under your control. And then if your child, say, does want to continue to play a sport or is gifted in it or likes the sport, then you are kind of forced with the, like, choosing between kind of the best worst option, mm -hmm. right? And I think families um, struggle with, like, what, what do we pursue? What do we not pursue? Where do we say, hey, we'll, we'll do this and we'll go to this specific place, but not this place um, or this dif different location for a game? I was talking to my brother-in-law uh, several months back and a good friend of ours from high school. He lives in Nebraska now, and his daughter plays on a, a team, a soccer team. And uh, my brother-in-law lived in St. Louis, and this friend of ours lived in Nebraska, and his daughter was in seventh grade, seventh eighth grade, and uh, she was having a league game, and the league game happened to be in St. Louis, so that that would have been a normal league game. And I said, "Wow, she must be like super, super good. Must be on like some sort of national or regional team." And he said, "You know, it was just just kind of a, a normal competitive team, and that's what they do." And so uh, sometimes those options and opportunities for more controlled environment sports are disappearing. And now it has to be a hyper competitive hmm. thing, even though the kid or quote athlete, whatever you want to call it, isn't quite that hyper competitive. There's just no, no, sure. no other place for them to play. So, so. It seemed, it, as you get older, if you want to continue in the sport, even if you're not saying like, I believe I'm going to be the next right. Ronaldo, the next Messi. Right. There's, I don't know if there's any good American soccer players or not, but Christian um, Pulisic. There's that guy. Um, Zane. Zane. Zane Sutherland, of Zane. course. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to continue in this sport, it's going to cost you things. Yeah. Your, your time, your yeah. energy, your money. It's, if you want to continue, it's almost like there's not other options because yeah. of... The middle is basically pulled out, and hmm. you, there's... That's hard, I think, for some people to, hmm. to navigate. Yeah, it's not like people are saying, hey, we our family wants to just revolve around this thing. We want to go crazy. No, they're just saying, well, they didn't really want to quit soccer. This is kind of the only option. Right. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I think another worrying trend that we've kind of seen is um, that sports become an, a way to an end, if that makes sense, a means to an end. And so... Um, again, for a lot of people, it becomes a scholarship opportunity. Um, it becomes a status symbol. Um, we see a lot of that, that to be on a team, to be a part of the thing is an acceptance piece or a popularity piece. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different things that we play sports for either than other than just the enjoyment of it or, you know, the team aspect of it. And so 
um, with all those things, there's added pressure that comes to all of that. And yeah. so, and, and that comes from internally as the player itself, because, Hey, as, as a player, I do want to be known and I want to be, you know, I want to grow my brand. Um, that's something that again we see kids now posting everything on Instagram, every play that they do, and anything mm-hmm. like that. And so you're mm-hmm. growing your brand because the popularity piece, so that you can get a scholarship, so that you can be known, I- I- any of those things. And so that there can be an internal piece of that that the that the players have to try and navigate. Um, but also we see a lot of that pressure coming from parents too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that parents one of two things. One again, they want their kids to be able to afford school, and so one way to do that is by being good at sports and so that can become an all-consuming thing when the the pressure um you know to get a scholarship and to do those things and so you spend all your time just working on these things instead of um you know developing good friendships or again excelling in school and some of those things and so again it comes at a cost to other things when that becomes the one and then then you can say and you know what where they're developing good friendships well be on that team you know uh, and you know what they're still making straight a so like I hear what you're saying. Sometimes it's a little bit of a false dichotomy that we set up. Like you can't have right. one or the other, right? right? Or but when we but when we think about it wrong, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that sure. that there's times we can overemphasize some of that piece. Sure. If that makes sense. So and then the other trend, I think we have a lot of parents who live vicariously through their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not me. I'm so glad <laughs> that that is never a temptation for me. Uh, it's amazing, you know. But Paul Paul definitely didn't because Austin's free throw percentage was never <laughs> as high as he. <laughs> Man, you know, I mean, uh, I don't want this to sound like we're just dissing on golf because our golf on sports is that'll because come later. Golf is later, another sport maybe. Um, I, but because again, there are so many benefits to it. I mean, yeah. I think some of the things that happen on a playing field, uh, being able to, uh, in a moment of energy and excitement, um, determine how you respond is, is such a critical learning place, learning field for for all of life i mean how we work with others how we work for a greater goal other than ourselves are our, our, you know sports can be a great uh place for that to, to be learned and experienced how not to behave and act mm-hmm. i think some of the the greatest witnesses whether it's on the field as a coach or a player or even in the stands um and i've probably been guilty of all of those being not the best example but there's great opportunities for 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 our kids and for them growing up into something to see the value of playing for something more than themselves and I think mm-hmm. there are some great aspects of that and I, and and so I think of some of the coaches that probably instilled in me some great um, tools that I've carried on as, as a father and as a husband um, is in how they displayed the value of playing our best and then we'll allow that to determine uh, where that takes us uh, and so um, you know, I don't want us to feel like that we're just bashing this. This is a phenomenal thing. It's just gotten out of whack a little mm-hmm. bit. No, so, I mean, again, just real quick, how many how many of us are still involved in sports? Do your kids play? Justin? Yes. Your kids play? Drew, do your kids play? Yes, sir. All three of them, right? Yes. Yeah. Paul, are you still involved in sports at any level? Um, you know, very little. Okay. But um, other than a fantasy football team, <laughs> mm-hmm. and other than watching it all Kralik. the time, you know, <laughs> selling other than those things, cards. does that count? Right. Yeah. No, that yeah. that counts, right? Sure. Yeah. And I coach at the high school, and stuff. And so, I mean, again, we obviously all of us still believe that there is a value in this at some level, as our kids are involved in it, as we're personally involved in it. And so, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there there's there is a ton of benefit to this, right? Even 
Paul says in First Timothy, physical training is of some value, yeah. right? So there is a value piece to this. Again, it's when those things become greater than our pursuit of Jesus, right, right. when we get a little bit screwy. And so. so here's what I want you guys to do. Think in your head. What is a positive of the sporting life? Sports, what's a positive? And then what would be its converse? What would be a negative that relates to that positive? So here's a good version of what sports can be or what it can do for a person. And then what would be the dark side of that? Um, I'll give you an example. Um, one thing that's a positive of sports is you do get to learn what it's like to submit to an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a coach and you do what the coach says if you want to ever see the field, right? And uh, you, you run even though you don't probably want to run and you run plays and do the small things even though you'd rather be doing something else. Um, you learn to submit to authority figure, maybe even sometimes when you don't agree with that authority figure. Mm-hmm. That's just a good practice. On the dark side of that, um, we have a culture where it seems like more and more, if you don't like what the coach is doing or the teacher's doing or um, you disagree, then mom and dad come in and they fight your battles for you, or you rebel and you speak poorly to the coach, you have a bad attitude, or you quit the team because it got hard. Um, All of these things are realities we see. Um, A term that's been used as kind of the the helicopter parent or a lawnmower parent where you either you're always hovering ready to engage whenever something's not going well for your kid or you before something even comes you're getting all the difficult things out of the way like a lawnmower and um, when you don't allow your kids to learn to submit to an authority even sometimes when they disagree that's a problem yes there are times when as a parent you've got to engage but having discernment of when to do that and doing it in a way that honors Christ is a huge deal and something that I don't think probably uh, we have always done well. So, sure. a positive and a negative in the sporting world. Anyone have one ready to roll, Drew? Um, I think a common one that that a lot of people would say would be positive, and I even including myself, is you have the element of it's a time where you can be with your family, right? So... It is a time where you take out, you you go somewhere, you spend time. I, I can think of some of the best um, one-on-one conversations that I've been able to have, and I think that we have even strategically done this at times. Like, we're not going to take everybody necessarily, but I might take one, and or Kim might take one somewhere to a game. And it's not like we have a list of, here's the five questions I'm going to ask you while we're spending this one-on-one time together. It's a discipling moment. But there have been uh, great conversations, great discipling moments, whether it's before a game, after a game, walking a kid through, hey, here's why this happened. Maybe here is why this is not the ultimate worst thing that could happen to you, right? And so I think there's been more of those small small moments of family time you might have with one-on-one and then even as our maybe everyone's going somewhere together and there's something that happens with that in addition to that the opportunity that you have to um, and I think we might talk about this later but as far as using sports as a ministry opportunity Mm -hmm. what does it look like to connect with other families Um, we can uh, there's just something different about an athletic environment that seems to bring people together Okay, and, and it actually can divide people as well. But there is something that, that brings people together in this. And so your own family, but also the opportunity you have to reach out to, connect with, minister to other families that 
that God might bring as a part of these different teams. Um, I think negative, uh, negatives of that would be more of this false understanding or worship of the time that we have together when your whole calendar, when everything just revolves around you in your family to the exclusion almost of, of everything else. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the, the family. T- it sounds great, and it is great, but I think you that it's, it's wise to keep that in check. And is this becoming now just an inward focus worship of our own family time? Yeah, I, the worry I have, the pattern that I see that I was going to mention earlier is it becomes a worry to me when I see our families always saying yes to that other thing, to that sport thing, over their devotion to the church. Mm-hmm. You, know, that, you know, claiming to follow Jesus and then choosing to regularly and continually choose other things over that just just puts up a red flag and I think has consequences long term. And so that's what you're saying is it can create awesome moments, great time, which is you can use for intentionality. But if you if you prioritize that over and above your devotion to Jesus and his church, it can be a big issue. So then the gray area is what how does that actually look really? Mm -hmm. Does that mean we never ever miss church right Mm -hmm. right does that mean two sundays does that mean well for this summer it'll be a good three month chunk right Mm -hmm. and i think that is where um that's the difficult thing to navigate and where i think families really struggle putting that together Mm -hmm. we were talking about this um last night in our parent connect class and our my conclusion opinion I think that I could back up with Hebrews talking about how we should not neglect meeting together in this assembly that we have as Christians um, I think if, if you're involved in something that takes you away on a regular basis consistently from worshiping God with your family that's an issue and something mm-hmm. that you need to be like you said um, raising red flags for mm-hmm. sure yeah I, I use the illustration that um those that are spiritually mature, healthy, Christ-like, are rarely gone. And those it, those that are not spiritually mature, that are not Christ-like, are probably rarely here. And so there's there's probably, a, yeah, there is this gray area, yep. like saying, in between. Where is that line, then, of how so much Paul's actually have to be here? So Paul's been our balance so far on this. Are we sounding judgy, Paul? Well, I mean, uh, what, definitely what? judgy. I can't yeah, believe Yeah, we're it. so I judgmental. Just think, well, I think it, it becomes the judgy. The pastors it becomes, be at church. It becomes judgy because we're just talking about one area. Yes. You know, I mean, I, will, I would step back <laughs> a few years and go, okay, the, 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 the dad who takes a job that takes him away from the family six days in a row. Uh-huh. And so the family doesn't go to church together. Yeah, I mean this is the same issue. It's not just sports; it's other activities that students sure. are involved it's in. Any, it's anything that can fit this category, right? I mean, so yeah. there's there's a lot of things, and so um, I think sometimes people hear it and say, "You just are anti-sports," which we're not. It's just that it's the one that's most glaring that makes a, a black and white uh, idea for us to have thoughts on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so glaring. So you're asking the question, what are the positive and negatives? Um, I think it is a great way as a parent for me to help our kids count the cost of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is like um, I was telling some, some junior high kids yesterday the idea that, you know, I mean, when if you want to be a part of something, you need to count the cost of that. I, I remember when our kids were getting a little bit of a allowance and you know, I had one one of my kids that just whatever they saw first they wanted to buy. And trying to explain to them that 
But if you spend all of this, this is all you have for the whole week or two weeks. And so if you you buy the first thing you see, that's great, but you need to understand that we're not going to give you any money to help you buy something else. And I think the same thing with cost. Like if you're wanting to play this, we're in on this, but what's going to be the cost? Not just you and the time it's going to take, but also we're willing to enter this with you, but we want you to count that cost. And, and one of the things that we held true with, I think a lot of parents would agree with, is that if you're going to play this, then you're committed to it for this season. And then if we can evaluate and, you know, before my senior year we decide not to do something, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But we're going to commit because you are committing to a team. You're a part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, and then – and so I think the counting the cost piece. And then helping that there's a bigger – there's a bigger cost that we're talking about. I, I coached uh, junior high football here at Stillwater Junior High, eighth grade for a number of years, loved it. And one of the roles that I got to play was – was being a part of the scout team and being Enid Waller or Ponca City Red or whoever we were and going against the A team typically with a bunch of the B teamers and be their quarterback and hopefully give them a little success in practice, which and then helping in turn uh, help our uh, kids see the value of the, the more we play uh, as good as we can against the team that's going to start and play most of the games, the better this team's going to be and then we move together as a team. And so I was trying to always to highlight that. And so uh, as much as I loved having kids that started and played and were, were good at it, uh, I, I, I felt for the, 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 the student or the kid who was not as good, but helping them to understand there's a value and count the cost of being a part of something sure. that may not be uh, for us on Friday getting the sticker on my helmet. And so, actually, one of the things I created is that we didn't – everybody got a sticker if you, you threw touchdown passes and you ran for this many yards or you happened to be on the kickoff team and kept them below the 20, mm -hmm. right? And so I just – I started calling it the Mountain Dew six-pack on Fridays. And this person really performed hard in practice. And it just kind of changed, I think, the environment of our team about that we're all apart. And everybody wanted to be, I think, sometimes wanted the Mountain Dew more than they wanted the sticker. <laughs> uh, and I, I just wanted to teach that value. So I think there's a counting the cost piece. And, and I think a lot of people just, just run by the, oh, yeah, this is what we do. We haven't even counted. We haven't, we haven't looked at our calendar for the next three months. We just push this in and goes, oh, wow, nothing else is going to fit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the negative side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think one of the positives of sports um, is the discipline piece that happens before the game, right? So mm. we talk a lot in soccer that soccer is one in the details, um, and that can be said of anything else. But right. again, my context mm -hmm. is soccer, and so talking through some of that. And so, um, you know, as as we're we're in training and and we teach you to look over your shoulder to check and see if there's a defender behind you, or how to how to receive with the right the right foot or how to pass to the right area or when to pass to to a space in front of a player as opposed to when to when to pass to their feet and all those different things you know so many of those small detail things matter and, and the way that you develop that is by doing that just time and time and time and time and time again and mm -hmm. so um, you know I, I think one of the benefits of, of, of playing sports is is learning those small detail things actually matter mm. and stuff and so you know again w when we have kids that that don't want to work hard in practice and then ask the question so why am I not getting into the game yeah. you know which again we, we get that from all parents right and from kids and all this why is my son not playing well he's, he's not doing his job you know is what it's boiled down to you know you're not you're not learning the small things well 
um, and stuff and you're expecting to, to show up. And I think that's, that's a life lesson that learns anywhere that a lot of us want to just step onto the stage without doing any of the hard work behind the scenes mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I think sports is a really good way for us to learn that, that a lot of the things that we do successfully on the field, again, I, I, I can do things with a soccer ball now because I never even think about it. I, I just, I, I've trained my body to do those things, right? Mm-hmm. In the same way that you shoot a free throw or, you know, again, that Jim slaps a hockey puck, you know, into something, you know, whatever that may be. <laughs> or, you know, the way that you throw a pitch, sure. you know. So all of those things are, those are detail things that we, we have worked and we've disciplined. And in the same way, it, it's really easy, I've noticed in my life when, it, when I was playing or even during the seasons that I'm coaching, that these small detail things, it's really easy for those things to carry over into all aspects of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm doing that well in one area, it's really easy for those things to bleed over into, again, my, my walk with Christ, right? So if I have to be disciplined in one area, then again, that helps me d- be disciplined in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. And it helps me be very, very aware of the small things that I'm doing consistently. And so am I consistently in prayer? Am I consistently in the Word? Am I having good biblical conversations and using language with my family that matters? You know, am I am I talking to Elias and Beth in a way um, that goes deeper than just the immediate, right? So it's not just Elias, we don't do that. It's no Elias, we don't do that because mom and dad have asked you to do something bigger and different than that. And ultimately that's an obedience piece. And we want you to be obedient, not just to mom and dad, um, but but to to Christ ultimately, and so it, it it's interesting how some of those those small things just seem to to overtake a lot of our life when we're able yeah. to do that well. If that makes sense, yeah, no, it does. Zane, you know. I think you brought up a good point. It just made me think. I think a good question that um, parents and I would say probably more so dads could ask themselves, rather, but dads specifically is, can you speak another language to your kids? other than the sport language yeah right like i i know what to teach i know when their practices are i know that you need to be there early by the way we know that you can't be late for practice right yeah i mean show me how many are showing up late for practice Uh, about zero (laughs) so um like the that like that's the language that we're very comfortable speaking and then when it comes to the gospel or when it comes to the things of god where are, and if like the only language that you can speak to your kids' dads is the sport language, then maybe we need to start taking some different language lessons. And you know that's been my my hobby horse for the last little sure. bit. Is yeah, that I mean it's it's a great yeah. a great a great thought, and I would say that that all dads need to be encouraged that they can learn yeah. about the gospel. They can yeah. teach the gospel to their kids. They even though they may feel uncomfortable, not equipped, that is possible, and we would invite all dads to do that and, well, and challenge all Christian men to do that. And it goes back again to a little bit of the, the discipline and the work work ethic piece, right? Is that for a lot of us, because we've grown up in sports and because it it's a language that we've spoken so much um, and because we've surrounded, again, it's where we spend a lot of our time on Saturdays or Sundays or anything like that, even in the, the work conversation, you know, jokingly, we're trying to throw offers around in fantasy football, even here at the church office, right? And so it's a language that we've become so familiar with. And yet, um, because we have not exposed ourselves to gospel communities other than just for two or three hours here and there, and because we don't consistently have gospel as the language of our family, but sports is the language of our family, or music is the language of our family, or success in school and being number one is, is the language of our family. A- again, it can feel weird when we start speaking something differently. And yet, I mean, you just have to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we begin to kind of 
again, think rightly and speak rightly um, a, a, as a family. I think that's, that's again, the positive side of, of doing the hard work of the details, right, of, of knowing, um, man, how I speak to my kids about these things really does matter, you know, and, and again, helping them realize that there's something bigger than you just putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, I think can be a really critical thing. I think the the back or the the downside of that right um, can be when when that's all you do, mm-hmm. right? When you become so ingrained in the details that you can't see the bigger picture of why you're doing this. Sure. Right? I think sometimes it's it's easy to get focused on a tree that again we say this all the time. You focus on the tree and you miss the forest, right? Sure. Um, but but sometimes I think we get so ingrained on one little thing that we miss the bigger picture of what we're actually trying to do, and we miss out on the 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 teamwork aspect mm-hmm. of it you know because we become so disciplined in and of ourselves that that we're not making you know we we say all the time with our our kids that you know good players play the game well by themselves that but the great players are those who make the players around them better mm-hmm. and so sometimes when you become so ingrained in just the details of yourself you can miss the other piece of that and you know again same thing true here at the church when we become so focused on our own personal walk and we miss out on the community aspect that Christ has called us to, that we, we sharpen each other mm-hmm. in these conversations. Um, I, again, I think that's where some of these things we, we learn in sports. And again, those carry over on both sides of that. So so much of this comes down to identity. Mm-hmm. What, what truly do you base your life on? What defines who you are? What is going to define our family? What is the path that we are truly set on? And what things are we going to allow to join us on that path and allow us to go the direction we know we're supposed to go. What happens, you know, what can happen so often with sports is that becomes our identity. We judge our value based on our performance. How well did I perform? Oh, I did great. I'm going to post this on Insta. Not many people are posting. I went over three hashtag blessed. (laughs) Hey guys, senior year just went by. Didn't get signed. YOLO. I (laughs) love, love and life. Yay. No, not many moms are posting, hey, my kid sucks and plays the bench all the time. <laughs> yeah, I love watching my kid not play the thing he loves, okay? That's just the reality. Yeah. So much of, of what we're talking about becomes an identity piece. Mm-hmm. When that, if that thing was stripped away, your kid, you, whoever, has no more physical ability to do that, or they're not on the team anymore because they got cut, how does that affect you? How does that affect them? It's obviously, you know, we're not saying you can't be sad about it. You can't be disappointed by it. But truly, how how does that affect you long term? And then I think the question we want people to ask is, um, are you really using it, like Drew said, as a ministry opportunity? Mm-hmm. If we're going toward Jesus, then all the things that we do are, are going to go with us. And whether that be a sport or school or whatever, use those things, see those things as an opportunity and take that opportunity. We're here to help you take advantage of that. And so I think, you know, if we were to talk about a theology of sports, um, it would be a little bit of what Zane, you mentioned earlier. First Timothy chapter four says this, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Mm-hmm. Sports and physical training has value. It does. There are good things that come from that and great lessons that we can learn and great tool for the glory of God. But um, godliness is of far more value because it not only is good now, but it's good eternally. And so don't forget while you're in, uh, where you're looking in the, the, the minutia of sporting life to, to see the forest, to see the big picture that this is 
gonna this sporting career is gonna end at some point and sure. what's left at the end of that you know I, um justin we were talking last night to a group of people and we were going through our notes and what we were going to say and i said you, you remember the movie chariots of fire and oh. you're like uh <laughs> no, no Never i saw don't the music. know i yeah i heard the music heard the music just haven't seen the movie not seen the movie <laughs> and so you know i, I thought about the quote the very famous quote the uh, lydell quote was that god made me fast when i run i feel god's pleasure mm. right mm. and i think there is something to um that idea that um that created in god's image genesis 1 genesis 2 and what what it means to be created in god's image what it means to um, create culture and i think this can go even further into we talked about activities in the arts and music and all mm. these different things and i think sports and it's highlighted now right now in, in our culture i think sports is probably in there somewhere this how do i reflect this created image of god that god has put like in me and how do i reflect it back to him and how is this maybe even an act of worship and it may not be running along a beach with you know the music playing in the background <laughs> or whatever but um you know i think that's why as as people it the sports thing really does get down deep because mm -hmm. i think that that it does whether or not people acknowledge this that may not be following Jesus, I think that it does somehow connect with them in this, they're created in God's image. And so I, I think that we can uh, do this and lead our kids in such a way that makes this an act of worship to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that at times is very, very difficult. And the, the fine line between that and uh, idolatry and what that can mean, whether it be of your own children, your own family, yourself, uh, that kind of thing. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Obviously, sports connects us to, some, to something bigger than ourselves is what Paul said, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so intriguing to us. We can get so emotionally, financially um, invested, yeah. invested with our time, all of these things. Um, and, and I think you're right. That has, that's a shadow of remember sure. your I hope that didn't sound hokey no but I, I really it, I, believe I, that I, yeah. I really believe that too that remember I think going back to Zane's illustration don't miss the forest don't miss the big picture in the midst of the trees don't miss the point of this life in the mm -hmm. midst of you pursuing an athletic career I think that's what we're trying to say don't miss what your role is as a mom and dad in and um, in light of your desire for them your child to be a good athlete or whatever mm -hmm. um yeah, I think hopefully uh, this is a benefit to you. We are coming up on our 100th episode. We've got some special things going for that. Um, we're going to do a live session here at Sunnybrook on September 30th with some live Q&A. If you guys want to throw in questions, send them to Steve or any one of us. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.